This year at ThinkCon, we were lucky enough to be joined by Kate Russell from BBC's Click. After her talk, Will Thompson caught up with her to ask her a bit more about her work and her talk. Yes, well, so it, it's actually an hour-long talk, which is kind of a long time for me, because normally I get to sort of speak to people for about 20 minutes. Um, and I decided this time to do a, a talk on uh, called Disconnected, How Not to Do the Internet, because I'm quite famous for talking about my love of the internet and everything on the internet that is done well. Uh, but in the time that I spent looking for the good things in the internet, I've seen an awful lot of bad things in the internet. Um, now, a lot of them centre around social media. Uh, Twitter is a big sort of thing for me, because I love Twitter and I love the brevity that people have to get to and the, you know I think it's a great platform for sharing information and stories and people curating information for you so but I'm really a big believer in that your Twitter experience is only as good as the people who you're following and if you choose to follow everybody who asks you to follow them. There's this whole idea of follow you, follow me. Um, and, you know, you've got people with 5,000 followers who think that that means something, but they are following 5,000 people. So you know that everybody that they followed is only following them for the number, uh, in which case I don't get it. I don't see the point of it. Um, also, then I touched on, obviously, the, the, the legal aspects of Twitter and how Twitter is used as a marketing vehicle, uh, but also, you know, talking about things like Sally Burko, who was uh, fined £50,000 uh, by uh, Lord McAlpine, basically took her to court for sharing a tweet that accused him of certain things. So you do have to be very careful about what you share um, and, and who you share it with. And then we, we, we looked at some of the, the funny examples of how uh, hashtag... Um, marketing campaigns have gone badly wrong and have been hijacked like the Waitrose Reasons and uh, McDonald's stories as well uh, which were basically hijacked by people using uh, the hashtag saying not very nice things uh, at all so yeah it was it, it talked quite a bit about social media went on to Facebook spoke about the uh, Facebook party things like the riots if you put an invitation on Facebook for a 16th birthday party as some girl in Sweden did uh, it forgot to send it to private, it went out to 30,000 people uh, and 4,000 people turned up on the night and it turned into a full-scale riot with, the, uh, with 600 riot police being called in to uh, break the party up. So um, it can go badly wrong uh, if you're not careful and you, you're not careful with your privacy settings. So yeah, that was pretty much the, the, the broad scale of what I was speaking about. Something you touched upon a few times in your talk and came up in the questions afterwards uh, was the, um, the balance between individuals' privacy online, enabling do not track and so on in browsers, um, against making the internet more convenient and allowing brands to reach the right people. Um, how, how do you think this, is, this, this kind of dichotomy in, in what the, the two opposing things that people and brands want can be resolved? Well, it's a really thorny issue. And, you know, one of the things I spoke about was Facebook at the moment are going through some really turbulent times because they've got, obviously, now, uh, you know, they floated publicly and they've got shareholders that they need to start making money for. And, and Facebook are having real problems trying to figure out how to monetize the model, especially as the world moves to mobile internet. Because the thing about Facebook is it's mostly monetized through advertising at the moment. And when you go mobile and you're delivering content through a uh, someone's handset a smartphone handset uh, an iphone or, a, or an android handset you don't have as much screen real estate so you can't be plugging adverts at them constantly so they're trying to find other ways to monetize and they've gone through this promoted posts route where 
they're actually asking people to pay a few dollars, seven dollars or so, to promote a post to make sure that it goes out to a broader spectrum of people that are in, within your network. Now, the, 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 there's actually a, a ranking system. So when you like a page um, or you follow somebody or become a friend, you don't see everything that they post. To begin with, you do. But if you don't interact with the things that they post, gradually they fall off your your follow list and the people that you're going to see. So people can now pay to guarantee that that, that message is going to appear in your feed. Um, but they're being accused by certain members of the media actually of suppressing, not only promote, you know, paying to promote posts, but actually suppressing those posts that aren't paid for. So they're getting to less pairs of eyes than they were before promoted posts. And this is a real, um, a real issue because it's a huge moral dilemma is, you know, the ethical boundaries are just being cr crashed down. And of course, they are vehemently denying it. But there's, you know, people are able to measure it very, very effectively and say, well, you know, this is what I had before. And this is what I have now. And this is how what I have now increases you know a thousand percent because they're saying it's something like 25 percent increase and then you've got bloggers who are going out and doing physical tests um, and coming back with you know actual data that says well it, uh, that's an a thousand thousand percent increase so it's a real issue at the moment um, for me personally I don't have a problem with cookies I don't have a problem with advertising because I like things to be free and I think you know that the, the I, I expect to have to pay for them for, in some way and if I've got to see an advert I'd rather see an advert for something that's relevant to me and maybe useful to me I've, I believe that I'm strong enough to be able to resist the urge to buy <laughs> if I don't actually need it so you know maybe it's going to be helpful to me you know it's been occasions where I've actually been surfing you know looking for something in particular um haven't found what I'm looking for, and then I'll be go onto Facebook, whatever, and, and just do some browsing, and suddenly a, an option will pop up in the in the commercials that's close to what I was surfing for, but I hadn't seen that thing, and it's like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. That's the dress that I wanted, or those are the shoes or the handbag that I wanted. Um, I don't have a problem with that. You know, if I can't afford it or I don't need it, I, I can resist actually purchasing it. Um, and also, you know, when I go to a website that I go to regularly, I want don't want to have to put in all my details over and over again. I don't want to have to, you know, when I write my address or, 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 or a particular thing in a box that I always put in there, when I put the first letter in, I like that it knew what I wrote last time I was there and, and I can just click on it and it saves me a lot of time. So, um, but Scott McNeely from Sun Microsystems famously said about 15 years ago, you have zero privacy anyway, get over it. And I think that's, a, that's the case on the internet. It's very hard to live anonymously on the internet um, and also very inconvenient. The marketers make it inconvenient, of course they do. Um, so it's really a playoff as to whether or not you want a convenient online life or you want your privacy locked down uh, tight and solid. So um, by day you work uh, for the BBC on BBC Click, right? Yeah, well, I'm freelance, actually. So two days a week, I work for Click, uh, doing their website review section, um, So, which is an awesome job. And I realise that I have the best job in the world because I get paid to surf the web looking for cool stuff. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the rest of the time, I do lots of other things. I mean, I've, I've been a games journalist since 1995. I don't do so much gaming these days, but I write columns for Web User Magazine and National Geographic Traveller. I've just written a book, uh, which uh, actually officially launches next week. 
um, all about the internet. Um, it's all around the internet and technology. So I do a lot of writing and, 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 and do quite a lot of, of speaking uh, at events like this. And um, I do some lecturing down at Brighton University. So, yeah, I get around. It's the nicest, what I think they call a portfolio career. But uh, in other words, I have a zero life. I just work all the time. Um, I guess a lot, a lot, a lot of the, um, the talk, parts of the talk about the pitfalls of online marketing must have come out of, of, of writing a book or perhaps vice versa on you know, how, how companies can engage with customers and potential customers on, online without falling into these chasms. Yeah, I mean, there are ways, and one of the great things, one of the things I love about the internet, and, and, and particularly about social media, is it allows small businesses to compete on an even keel with huge multinationals. You know, when it comes to things like making an offer, the thing, if you want to get new customers, say, for example, you've got a cupcake shop, uh, you know, on the high street in a, in a, in a small village, Baldock or whatever, um, now, you, Wednesday afternoons are very quiet. You want to see more customers through the door on a Wednesday afternoon. One of the best ways to do that would be perhaps to do an offer for Wednesday afternoons. Now, the thing is, if you're going to say you'll make your cupcakes 25% cheaper on a Wednesday afternoon, if that's only going to happen, if the only customer you're going to see through the door is the customer you always see through the door, but on a Wednesday afternoon they're just going to pay 25% less, then that's not really beneficial to you as a business. You need to be able to put that advertisement in front of a lot of pairs of eyes in order to increase the footfall to make it worth the discounted price and social media allows you to do that and you can do it in a range of ways you know promoted posts forget promoted posts what I'm saying and one of the things I talk about quite a lot in my book the first couple of chapters is actually building a campaign saying what is it you, what is the goal that you want to achieve work out a strategy so in our cupcake case we want we want extra people coming through the door on a Wednesday the strategy to achieve that would be to advertise a promotion to 500 potential new customers. So that's your strategy. So now you need a tactic to meet that strategy. So the tactics could be a range of different things, which all involve gathering more people to your social media profile so that you can suddenly hit them all at one time and say, this is the offer that we've got going on next week. So that might be going on to forums where they're discussing stuff about icing cakes and answering questions and being helpful and saying, oh, by the way, you know, come along into our Facebook. Uh, we've got a new thing going on in a few weeks. It could be printing out some leaflets and actually going and poking them through doors. You know, come to our Facebook page. We're going to do a call offer in the, in the next few days. Um, but there are a range of different ways, real world and virtual world, that you can actually then gather people to you. But once you have them sort of gathered to you in a little herd um, online, then you can do stuff with them that gives you the power that you know, huge multinational corporations have uh, with zero marketing budget. You, know, you don't need to pay a single penny to do something like that. It just takes a little bit of time and a little bit of... And, and one of the things that I think is really important, I think where big brands go wrong a lot with social media is they forget they're speaking to human beings. They see these you know, pages with likes and numbers and they, they, they just see that as, as a volume of customers and they, they forget that actually every single person on the other end of that communication is a human being and needs to be treated as such. So as long as you remember that, I think you can do an awful lot with social media. Thanks very much. Where can people find out more about you and your book? 
Ah, well, okay, so the book has got a website as well, workingthecloud.biz, um, and I hope that it will become a really good repository for uh, articles, opinion pieces, and reviews of everything for people. And it's aimed at small businesses, but really it's for anybody who wants to just organise their life a bit, little better and you know use the internet and the resources that are on there, mostly free, to just be more organised, more productive, more cost-effective. Um, and um, the book is called Working the Cloud. It's available on Amazon. It's going to be, from next week, it's going to be in you know, all good bookstores, WH Smiths uh, and uh, Waterstones. And uh, it's an e-book as well. Um, so, um, yeah, hopefully uh, people will enjoy it and will find it useful. It's got about 300 tools, tips and resources in it for using the internet. Everything from social media to productivity tools to finance tools. And the final chapter even deals with how to make money, sort of, you know, putting advertising on your site or blogging for money. Not how to be the next dot-com millionaire, but how to get a trickle income from the things that you're already doing online. So, Okay, Russell, thanks very much. Thank you for having me.